often we go to bed, we think about what went wrong. What's going to happen tomorrow? Instead, I, I like them write down what went right today. You are more than a lawyer. You are a powerhouse. Welcome to Powerhouse Lawyers. I'm your host, Erin Gurner, a former lawyer, wife, mom, entrepreneur, and coach. And I'm here to show you what's possible. So if you're ready, let's go. Hey, Powerhouse. So excited to have you back to the show. So today we're talking about breaking free, and I think this is a very appropriate conversation no matter what phase of life you are in or when you are listening to this episode. We talk about breaking free in the sense of all of these negative stories that we tell ourselves that manifest in fear and doubt and imposter syndrome and unrealized expectations and um, judging ourselves and not acting because we are afraid of what other people will think. And I went through the majority of my life being held prisoner by a lot of those feelings. I mean, and a lot of lawyers do because we are overachievers We get into law school and they tell you to go in one direction and you just start pushing in that direction and no one ever asks you like what you want. Does this feel good? You know, how do you want to do this? Is this the kind of law that you really want to practice? Are these the kind of people that you really want to work with? Is this how you want to be treated in the workforce? Like, No one's ever telling you that you can actually ask these questions of yourself and decide what you want, especially in 2023 when there are so many ways to practice law. If this had been 40 years ago, then this conversation would probably be a lot more difficult. But now, especially post-COVID, there are so many creative ways to practice law and to make this profession work for you, but you have to start asking yourself the questions and breaking free of the mindsets that are keeping you stuck. Because if you've convinced yourself that it's too hard, that you're not smart enough, that everybody else is going to make fun of you or that it's not going to work out anyway, you never will. You never will take the next step of transformation and actually start to build a life that feels good You deserve to build a life that feels good, a practice that feels good, not one that feels like treachery and, you know, just gray and blah every single day. But you have to make the choice to decide to break free from those thoughts by becoming aware of them, by practicing gratitude, by choosing a different thought. Our next guest His name is Gary Miles. And I know you're like, what, Erin? We always interview women. Well, there are a few good men out there doing great work, y'all. So he is also a powerhouse lawyer. And he has just written a book called Breaking Free about the 12 mindsets that are keeping us stuck in prisons that we need to break free from as lawyers. And it is going to be so impactful. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Gary has been a practicing lawyer for over four decades. So he has been in this profession for a long, long time, has seen a lot of things and has worked with a lot of attorneys. And he just has a, he's just a 
mountain of wealth and knowledge. And I really think you guys will resonate with his story and look forward to reading his book. So enjoy the episode. Hey, powerhouses. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to introduce our next guest to you. And you know, I typically have female lawyers on here, but there are a few good men out there that I like to bring on the show. And one of them is my friend, Gary Miles. I am so delighted that he is here. He has been a supporter of me since I started my business and empowering me. And so I am so excited to return the favor and bring him on the show. He has had lots of exciting things happen over the last year, and I'm excited for him to come on the podcast and talk about it. But a little bit about Gary. He's been practicing law for more than four decades, primarily in litigation and more recently in family law. And he is literally a jack of all trades. He's been a trial lawyer, a managing partner, an author, a leader, and an entrepreneur. And he loves helping folks solve their problems. He really does. He's passionate about showing people how to free themselves from the prisons that they entrap themselves in. He has seen the pressures that we face in the legal profession. He, like he said, like I said, he's been practicing for four decades, so he knows, but he's dedicated to helping his clients fulfill, um, achieve fulfillment in their practice. And he provides practical tools to help them overcome obstacles and free themselves so they can enjoy the success and freedom that they crave. He has a highly rated podcast called The Free Lawyer that drops two episodes a week. And as I mentioned, he's also releasing a book called Breaking Free. He lives with his wife in Pinehurst, North Carolina. They have five beautiful children and five grandchildren so far. They do tend to multiply those grandchildren. So that's probably a dot, dot, dot. But I am so excited to have him on the show. Gary, thanks for joining us. Aaron, thank you so much. I think you're really awesome. And I love what you do to support lawyers out there. Your service is great and so much needed in in today's world. Well, and likewise, my friend, likewise, the more voices we have out there supporting lawyers, the better. And they're just, they're not enough of us, in fact. So I'm just so glad to be in a circle with other people doing similar work and elevating people in the profession. Um, But I'd love for you to take us back to the beginning. Why did you go to law school and how have you come? I mean, we probably gonna have to break it four decades. You've probably pivoted a lot. You're probably the definition of pivot right now. Um, but I'd love for you to take it back for us a little bit and kind of bring it full circle about how you've ended up now coaching and impacting um, people in the law. Sure. Law, the law, choice of law school was really kind of easy. Uh, I was very close with my brother who was nine years my senior. I went to his high school. I went to his college. And then I went to his law school. Um, he, he was a lawyer before me, and that inspired me to do the same. Uh, we both did the same kind of work, trial work. He did mostly plaintiff's work, and I did primarily insurance defense work for about 30 years. During that time, one of my transformations is I transformed from practicing law as an active alcoholic, and then I journeyed into sobriety um, about 12 years into my practice and have been sober since practicing law that way. And Trust me, that was a huge change, a huge transformation. The other major transformation was about 15 years ago, I switched from doing insurance defense work to doing family law. I wanted to be more connected with my clients. I wanted to um, solve their problems before the accident had already happened, so to speak. I wanted to help them find solutions. And I wanted to represent people who really were in a time of need where I could really help them. And then two years ago, my wife and I relocated from Maryland, where I'm admitted to practice, to North Carolina. 
I, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I spent 45 years in an adversarial relationship with other lawyers, often very professional, very courteous, very cooperative. But as always, I want this. And you would say, Gary, but I want that. But Aaron, my client needs this. It was, it was just always back and forth. And I wanted to switch from arguing with lawyers to supporting them because the main change I've seen in the 45 years of my practice is how much more stressful, how much more difficult, how much more urgent the practice of law has become. And there are so many wonderful lawyers who are just unhappy and unfulfilled. And, and I and you want to help them with that. Amazing. So take me back to this transformation. I know you said about 12 years into your practice, you tra- you had a transformation from practicing law not in sobriety to practicing law in sobriety. And I feel like we don't bring that to light a lot in the law. I feel like there's a lot of pressure and all of these things that are transpiring below the surface with lawyers that are oftentimes compensated by, you know, substance abuse or other, you know, dependent circumstances. So I'd love for you to just touch on that. I mean, that's not what this podcast is about, but I would just love for you to touch on that in case sure. that story resonates with somebody else that is listening. Sure. And, and there's no question about that. The studies have shown that more than 30% of practicing lawyers may have a substance abuse problem and a greater number than that suffer from depression. And I, I can't say, in fact, I'll say the pressures of law didn't cause me to become an alcoholic, but they didn't help. And it was just an everyday, um, overwhelming urge and need to drink. And, and I had no power over it. I, I, had, I couldn't control it. I couldn't manage it. And it affected how I practiced. Um, I did my work. I did it successfully. But I was so full of fear, um, even an irrational fear. And there were days I just wasn't able to focus and be present. And, and I was always worried about losing the next case. What's going to happen if this goes wrong? I was always living in a negative world and trying to control everyone around me, resenting it. My, my partner, my mentor was an amazing man, a great trial lawyer, but I resented him for these silly little character flaws he may have had. And, and now my life is so different. I'm, I'm free. I'm empowered. Um, no one else can make me unhappy today. I'm in charge of my own happiness and my own joy. Um, I can be who I am and not put on a face. It's, it's just a beautiful way to live. Absolutely. Is that why you call yourself the free lawyer? I do. Um, it, it actually sort of grew out of that, that, you know, I used to f- feel so controlled by not only alcohol, but by other people in my, in their, in my life, how I tried to please them and make them happy and get their approval. Um, I, I would put on a face. I'd try to be appear to be someone to you who wasn't me. And you might see me as someone entirely different from that because you might see behind my facade. And now I can be real and genuine and authentic. And I hope people like me. And if they don't, that's okay. You know, that's okay. Well, I think that's really powerful. And I also think that it's really important for our listeners to hear male or female that we all struggle with these thoughts. You are not alone. You're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. We all struggle with these thoughts and doubts and insecurities and fears and imposter syndrome. I think so many times, especially men, probably feel very isolated in those feelings that they feel like maybe they should be strong enough to be able to overcome those feelings. So I just think that it's incredibly important that you are speaking 
out to this and about this and call yourself the free lawyer. And now you have a book called Breaking Free, which I think is very apropos, right? That, you know, that's what you've done your entire career is continue to break free of the mold that you did not want to find yourself in. If I could highlight one thing you said, it's that you're never alone. And so many lawyers feel they're alone. They don't want to talk to their managing partner and get a, a black mark against them. They don't want to talk to their classmate because they're embarrassed. They don't want to concern their spouse with their fears. And, and they feel isolated, alone, even though they're in a world of plenty of other lawyers in their firm, but they feel like they're the only one. Whether they're struggling with just being worked too hard or whether it's substance abuse or fear or depression, there's always an answer. And there are always people willing to help, whether it's you or me or a therapist I, I chaired the Maryland Lawyer Assistance Committee in my area for 20 years. We would confidentially and anonymously reach out to lawyers who needed our lawyers and judges who needed our assistance. And wherever you are, there are always resources to help you with whatever you may be struggling with. Yeah. And I think that's just so important to note. I think that we try and take on and deal with things ourselves. And we think that we're strong enough to, and smart enough and capable enough to just push through. Um, but we can't do this alone. And that's just, that's not some, even if it's not something as extreme as substance abuse, it's just like community and connection with other people. Like we're not alone in wanting and needing those things. And so to be able to ask for help or to go out and seek those is, is not, um, is not a bad thing. It's not a demerit against you. In fact, I think it empowers you in your life to move forward. You've built, you built a community of women lawyers and, and the support they give each other in that community is probably so nurturing and helpful and empowering to them. And I compliment and thank you for doing that because it's so, so important. Well, I appreciate that. It is very powerful, not only for the women, but it's powerful for me too, Gary. I mean, that's the thing, you know, I think we create what we always wanted. I think that's the center of a heart-centered business. In other, you know, yes. that's how you create something that really you truly believe with everything that you are because you wanted and needed this thing that you have created. Um, so it's very meaningful and impactful to you. I'm curious though, so in your coaching and in helping lawyers, do you work with predominantly men or do you work with both female and men? I work with both female and, and men. And um, I, I don't have a preference um, it seems like men find it a little bit harder to reach out. And I don't know why that is. I know when I coached my son's basketball team, every player thought they were the best. Every player wanted to shoot. And I coached my daughter's team. They would always keep passing because they didn't want to be the center of attention. So I don't know why, you know, if it comes up from how we were raised, but pr- particularly male lawyers just feel like it's, they don't want to seem too vulnerable too imperfect to really ask for help. And and that's really part of the problem because the help is needed by lawyers of both genders. Oh, absolutely. I found that as well. You know, I've had some, some um, male lawyers contact me and, you know, they are granted our problems are not the same, right? Logistically, yes. but there, there's an essence of them that's the same, you know, there's still dads and there's still men and husbands and people who want to live a fulfilled life and, you know, be present for their children and all of those things. So like, while the logistics don't look the same, the thoughts and the needs and the wants are still the same. And, um, I, 
I wonder when our, our men colleagues will catch up with us in the asking for help arena, because I really do think that um, there are many men out there who could benefit from your services. Well, the, the essence is fulfillment and balance. Those are the two, two things you highlighted there. Uh, law becomes pleasurable when we find fulfillment in it, when it's not drudgery and overwhelm and just one more file I got to get through. And, and we're all seeking that balance. And yet sometimes we haven't stepped back and looked at what are our values? What's really important to us? How much time do I want to spend my family? How much money do I have to make? And really make that value judgment. What kind of law do I want to do? Do I want to do it on my own or in a firm? How independent? All those kind of questions. Sometimes we don't sit back and ask ourselves. That's very true. I believe the quality of your life is a reflection of the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. Um, So true. It is so true. Um, I'm curious. So the clients that come to you that you work with predominantly, what are their pain points? What are some of their common pain points that um, you guys find yourself discussing on repeat? (laughs) Um, Feeling alone um, is one. Looking for answers. They're unhappy. You know, they became lawyers three, five, eight, 10 years ago, whatever. And you know, what, what a big day that was. Our family came to dinner. They gave us a present. They all kind of celebration. And then eight years later, we're like, what the heck? Why did I do this? And they don't know why they're so unhappy and so frustrated. A lot of it is time. I think the billable hour drives and, and understandably so drives lawyers crazy because they feel like I can't take Saturday afternoon to, to watch my daughter play soccer because I could be billing three hours instead of doing that. Yeah. And it, it and I feel minimized and really dehumanized because their value is measured in tenths of hours yeah. rather than maybe the quality of the service that they, you know, that they provide. So those are some of the major pain points that I think people have. And so when they come to you feeling alone and overwhelmed and just not valued, where's the first place you start with them? Our first session, it's just been exploring who they are, who they're married to, what their children are up to, what they like about their life, what they what they struggle with, what causes them pain, and where do they want to get to? You know, where do they want to be? What do they want to do? If they could have the perfect job as a lawyer, the perfect role, what would that look like? And then we explore how to get there in later sessions. And isn't it, um, it always... It's shocking to me, but not shocking because I had the same response to a lot of those questions, which was, I don't know, or no one's ever asked me that before, right? Right. I think there's so many lawyers um, that can resonate with the feeling that they have like had the pedal down for as many years as they can remember, just straight ahead, a hundred miles an hour. Like they told you what the goal was, which was partner. And you don't even know really what that means or what that entails, at 20 something years old, but you're just, you're full steam ahead. And you've never even asked yourself any of these questions. And so I just think it's so important, you know, for listeners out there and to really like Gary just gave some great questions to ask yourself what, and be honest and don't judge those feelings. There is not one way to practice law. If there's anything that I know to be true in 2023, and Gary probably knows this too, is that there are a multitude of ways to practice law. Like you can make this work in any possible way. I really truly believe that. Do you not think so? Oh, I think that's absolutely true. I think that's one of the gifts that we can do so many different things, whether it's big firm, small firm, our own firm, 
working for the government, going in-house. They're all very different. But often what happens, we've got a school and we take the highest paying job, the most prestigious job without figuring out, is that what we really, really want? Is that where we want to be? And it may not be the right fit for us. Yeah. So what are some of those mindsets that people have to break free from, that they have to escape from and get out of the prison that they're in? I know you talk a lot about that in your in your book and your social media and all that kind of stuff. So I'd love for you to touch on some of those, those mindset prisons that we need to get ourselves out of. One of the ones people don't think about are, are messages from their past. Um, I know I grew up as a perfectionist and a people pleaser because of experiences from our past. And we often don't think about our past, things our parents may have told us and how they affect us today. You're not good enough. You're not good looking enough. You're, you know, work hard enough, all those kinds of things. Uh, perfectionism is a huge problem. It, it causes us to procrastinate. We live in fear and stress and worry. What if this contract I wrote isn't perfect. And I've tried a lot of jury cases in my day. And I'll tell you, I've never tried one perfectly because every time I finish, it's like, I wish I would have done this. I wish I'd have thought of that. Happens all the time. And and we can't control that. We can, I always say, strive to be excellent. Don't strive to be excellent. We can do. Um, Perfect, you know, we can't. And so many people struggle with self-doubt. And it may be the competition, start with a competition in law school where we feel like we may not measure up to the other students or competition in our own firm. But so many of us question. And the strange thing is, you know, I was in my 50s managing a firm, A.V. Raiden, Martindale Hubble, tried a lot of cases. And I, and I felt like, is this real? Like, is yeah. this me? And where does that, you know, where does that come from? Because obviously it's true. But yet I question, I question myself. And I think the, the other most really important one is worrying about the future. You know, what if this case, what if I lose this trial? What does that mean? Will my client fire me? Will we lose our contingency? What will my partners say? Or what if I don't make partner? What will I make partner or won't I? And what's that mean? And and those are, it's, it's good to plan for the future. It's good to have a strategy and a vision and a goal, but to be fixated on the outcome and usually fixated on the worst possible result. Like I don't think, oh, I'm going to win this trial. I think, what if I lose it? And and that creates so much negativity and holds us back from being a lawyer with confidence. Um, you know, I analogize to, you know, a punt return on a football team. If he thinks, what if I muff this punt? He's probably more likely to drop it instead of thinking, I'm going to take this all the way. So a lot of it has to do with what we think about. Yeah. And what we think reflects in our lives. Like we will attract exactly what we think on the inside. You know, if you think, if you think something's going to be hard, it will be hard because you have told yourself and you have convinced yourself it will be hard. So how do, what are some simple tips you could give, you know, for our listeners that are listening in right now who are like, yeah, I definitely struggle with that. What are some simple tips that they can use and implement in their life to start breaking free from those mindsets? So if I can give three, I'll give three, which are mindfulness, acceptance, and gratitude. The first is mindfulness to simply be present in today, to, to not, to let whatever's happening happen without judging it. Is that good? Is that fair? Is it right? Is it wrong? All those sorts of thoughts we have just create stress. My partner was nasty to me. Okay. That's, that's what I feel. And that's how I feel. And that's okay. But don't project ahead into the future about what it could mean and not mean, because I can just drive us crazy. 
The other is acceptance. Um, so often we resist what we don't like. We don't like how that lawyer talks to us. So we fixate on it. I mean, I've had arguments in my mind with people who aren't even in the room. You know, when that lawyer calls me, I'm going to tell him this. What a waste of time and energy. You know, it's just, he is what he is. My client is as demanding as he is. What do I want to do about it? Maybe I don't want to represent him. Maybe I say, I don't want to represent, I don't like how you treat me. Or maybe it's just, I accept that and I just don't engage in the conversations and send him what he wants. But too often, the things in our life that cause us stress are the ones we fixate on and we create this resistance. Like, he shouldn't talk to me like that. You know, my paralegal should be on time for work. And, and that creates much more stress. But really the most important to me is gratitude. Um, no matter how stressful our life is, no matter where we are, we're blessed in so many ways to be born into this country, to born who we are, to have the education, the skills, the training, the income, the potential. We're so blessed. But so often we think about what we don't have and what we don't like. So one little tool I give all my clients to do, and, and I encourage your folks to do it too, Every morning for a month, write down three things you're grateful for. That's easy, but you can't repeat them. So after three weeks, you can't write down, I have a loving spouse and a great dog and two wonderful kids. They're done. <laughs> so what happens is at the end of three weeks, you're searching every day for something to be grateful for. And when we search for something to be grateful for in our life, our whole perspective changes. It's not really about the 90 things you put on the list, although that's really good and we should read them every day. It's about now we're looking for how can we be grateful today? And then I suggest my clients who often we go to bed, we think about what went wrong, what's going to happen tomorrow. Instead, I, I like them write down what went right today, what calls went well, what matters got done, what good things did your paralegal do for you? Write down each of the things that day that were good. And then you'll go to bed in a more peaceful state of mind. That is so impactful. And honestly, I've started before I go to bed, I've started that too, because that seems to be one of the most anxious times of day. And I feel like a lot of my clients have a really hard time unwinding and sleeping and all of the things. And so it's trying to help them reconcile a little bit of that anxiety and all of that overwhelm. And I've actually started doing this myself. Like I've you know, say my prayers at night and say what I'm grateful for. And I've really noticed a difference. I mean, truly, it. I feel like I sleep better and I wake up happier um, instead of going to bed with all of the swirling thoughts of what I didn't, what I left undone and what's left to do the next day. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's so important to have a good night's sleep. It, if it's if we wake up worried at two in the morning and, and get up at five when we want to get up at 630, we just get off to a bad start. And we're going to go into work stressed. Yeah, I um, I was reading some stats about the impact of sleep disturbances, especially with lawyers and how it affects burnout and their mental capacity and everything else. So sleep is is definitely, definitely important. Well, to transition just a bit, because I want to talk about this amazing book that you have written that obviously probably expands on a lot of what we've talked about today. But talk to me about this process of writing the book. Why did you write it? And who do you hope to impact with it? I, I wrote it because I think there's so many lawyers who are unhappy or unfulfilled today, but have within their present world, everything they need to be happy, joyous, and free. And, and free is the key word. Our, our job in our law firm shouldn't own us. It should be something we control and manage and brings us joy. And 
what, what I focus on the book are the 12 major, what I call prisons of our mind, such things we talked about, like perfectionism and people pleasing and comparison and expectations. I expect to win that case. I should win that. It's an easy case. I'm going to win it. And when I win, it, it's like, I don't care. I don't care because I expected to win it. I don't have any joy in it. But when I lose it, I'm crushed. And things such as that, that can just create such misery for us. And for each of them, I give tools to help manage perfectionism, how to live life free of perfectionism. And then I give 12 keys to unlock those prisons, such things that we've talked about, acceptance and gratitude and mindfulness and being present, being of service to others, aligning our practice with our values, things such as that. And when we, part of it comes, we really have to be self-aware. We have to choose to live our day differently and to think about different things and realize the only thing you and I can control are our feelings, our thoughts, and our actions. We can't control other people. We can't manage other circumstances. We can just manage ourselves. And when we change our focus from those things outside of us that we can't control to those things inside of us, we can really transform how we think. Yeah, that is really, it really is the key. That's the shift. And it's, I remember the first time the light bulb went off of that. Isn't it amazing how that's such a, it sounds like such a simple concept, but how few of us are actually walking around aware, right? Like there are so few people that are aware. They're just unaware that all of this extra baggage is what's actually keeping them stuck in their lives, the baggage in their mind, not the baggage in their life, but the baggage in their mind. Lack of awareness is so important. I I ask all my clients every day when there's something that gets you angry, stressed, fearful, write it down and we'll talk about it. And, And that just in itself helps them to focus from, I'm so angry to what's going on here. Why does it bother me? Is it important? And we can really figure out if it's something that they can manage and and not be so afraid or angry about. Yeah. It's almost just like taking that one second beat to just ask yourself a question before you start to react that can change the whole game. So how was the process of writing this book? So you're the second person I've had on this podcast that's written a book. How was the process of writing this book? How did you decide to write a book? Did someone help you write the book? Like, how does this, how, if someone wants to write a book and is an attorney, it's like, I've always wanted to write a book. How does this, how does that work? Well, I've, I start with my own red light story, my own fear. Um, And I'm still, it's hopefully it'll come out uh, December 18th or came out December 18th, depending on when this is published. But I'm scared about that. I'm scared about will I be judged? What will people think? But it grew out of, I I do newsletters on LinkedIn. And I realized at some point I'd written 100 newsletters and each of them are about 2,000 words long. And I thought, well, instead of just publishing these as newsletters, maybe I can rework them and rewrite them, put them in the format of a book so Mm -hmm. we can all have it in our hand and and, uh, not have to go back in LinkedIn and say, did Gary ever write something about this? Have it in their hand that they can refer to. Because- my book isn't meant to be like a novel you read from page one to the end. Each chapter is independent. And if you struggle with perfectionism, there's a chapter for you. If I struggle with comparison, there's a chapter for me. And I just thought it would help lawyers to have that, that they could keep in their desk for that day when they feel incredible fear or worry or stress to resort to. What did you discover about yourself while you were writing the book? that I struggle with some of the own th- only same things I coach people about. Fear of being judged, worrying about the results, 
very, you know, very scary. And, yeah. and, you know, you coach lawyers, I coach lawyers, but I need to coach myself sometimes right. too. I, I do the exact same things I tell people they shouldn't do. You know? Right. And that's why the work is never done. You know, I, that's what I always try and emphasize in the coaching world. I think there's a lot of people with a lot of voices trying to promise a lot of things. And what I just really want people to understand is the work that we do is never done. Like I'm, I'm working on myself as I'm helping you work on yourself. Like it's, it's disingenuous of me to say like, oh, I've arrived because no one has arrived. And every single time we step outside of our comfort zone and step up and call ourselves higher, all those feelings come back again. And we have to coach ourselves because we're being a beginner. You've never written a book before. So you're a beginner in writing a book. You're not a beginner coach. You're not a beginner lawyer. So it's hard to be a beginner, right? It's hard to right. feel like a beginner, but beginners then become intermediate, then they become advanced and then they become professionals and then they go do something else. that's amazing. But people quit when they're beginners because it gets hard. So it's, it's, it's really stepping, powering through. Yeah. It's all about stepping out of our comfort zone. Like you said, you know, our comfort zone is a great place to be. We talk about comfort food. It feels good. It tastes good. It's safe. We, we can do what we're comfortable with really well, but we never grow and we never change. And Taking those steps outside our comfort zone really helps us to grow. And I love what you said. Life is a journey. It's not an event. You know, we've never arrived. Like you said, we're on our way, but we're never there. We can always learn. We can always grow. So as we were recording this podcast, it's ending, it's towards the end of the year in 2023. What are some transformations that Gary Miles has experienced in 2023 as you end out the year? What are some transformations that have impacted you this year? Well, I think for me, the process of writing this book was one of them. I didn't know how to get a book cover. I didn't know who would copyright it for me or who, who would proofread it and help me write it. And it was really scary. And I don't know about you when you started your podcast. I started mine two years ago. I put it off for four or five months, even though I had everything in hand to do it because yep. I was afraid. And I've gotten so many nice comments and so many people listen, and I'm so glad I did it. And now it's like second nature. I love it. It's easy. It's nothing to it. But then I was full of fear about it. And, and I've probably been that way about the book. And my major transformation was stepping through that and, and putting the book out there because that's how we grow. That's how we yeah. grow. It's been a huge transformation for me. And so good. It's so sweet on the other side. You know, I read, yes. a, um, I read a Mel Robbins quote and it's like, I don't know why people are so afraid to try when it hurts so much more to have never done it, you know, to look back and regret that's hurt so much more than the temporary pain of being uncomfortable in the first step. Well said. I couldn't agree more. Amazing. Well, Gary, where can people find you? Where can they find the book when it, the book is coming out December 18th? You said, we'll put it in the show yeah. notes. Where can people grab it? Uh, it'll be on Kindle, um, pr primarily Amazon and Kindle. It'll be there. Find me on LinkedIn at Gary Miles under my name, G-A-R-Y-M-I-L-E-S. And my website is GaryMiles.net. If, if there are any male lawyers out there, particularly who need help or assistance, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and, and maybe some of your listeners are, who are pri probably primarily women know of some male lawyers in their office who are struggling. And I love to be of support to them. Absolutely. They may be married to one. 
like myself. They may be, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. They may be married to one. Even better. Well, before I let you go, you know, we have a Legally Blonde segment, which this is really fun. And you're our first dude to do the Legally Blonde segment. So welcome for you being a first timer. But I'd love for you to share something funny um, with our listeners that's happened to you either in dad life, grandpa life, coach life. I'd love for you to just share a little blooper with us. Yeah, I think um, the main thing that I I struggled with was I did insurance defense work and I'd be representing someone and the client would be, the name wouldn't resonate with me because I never met the person. I wouldn't have met my client until we got into the courtroom. And family law is different. I grew up with my client. I knew her or him very, very well. And I hated the one time I was trying this jury case and I said, I'm pleased to represent the defendant. And I forgot his name. I had to look down <laughs> on my notes because I couldn't remember his name. I never met him before. I knew everything about the case inside and out, but I forgot his own name. <laughs> Hopefully the jury didn't know what I was looking at, but. Well, there you go. They didn't even notice, but there you go. You're like, right. I know everything else, but who I'm representing. I've got right. everything else, <laughs> but right. who I'm supposed to be representing. <laughs> Gary, that's amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was such a great chat. And um, if you are listening to this, go out and buy his book and let's support Gary. And I mean, everything and is about community and connection and building network. And this is how we help and support other lawyers that are trying to empower the next generation of lawyers and current lawyers in the practice. So what we can do to support Gary is go buy his book, tell people about his book, share his podcast, share his message, follow him on LinkedIn. um, And that's the way we can support the fellow people in the law who are trying to make it better. So Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Aaron, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And I thank you for the work you do to help so many lawyers. Oh my gosh. I appreciate you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening into the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you catch your podcasts. If you loved this episode, I would be so honored if you left a review. And because I know you are the type of woman who wants to see other women win, Be sure to share this episode with someone who needs it. By sharing it, you are empowering a fellow sister in the law to know that she is not alone, that there is nothing wrong with her, and that she can build a life and career that she loves. Thank you. See you next week. Hey, Powerhouse. As a dedicated listener to this podcast, I have curated a special place just for you. It's called the Powerhouse Lawyers Facebook group, you can head on over to the show notes, click on the link and join our community. This Facebook group is for listeners of the show, attorneys, no matter where you are in your practice, maybe you're a law student, or maybe you're just someone fascinated by the legal profession. This Facebook group is for you. This is a community that is going to engage in discussions on episodes. You'll get special exclusives. There's valuable networking opportunities. I'll be providing some educational content. And above all, you'll get a strong, supportive community and support system. So click on the link in the show notes below to join the Powerhouse Lawyers Facebook community where community, knowledge, passion, and collaboration thrive. Again, head on over to the show notes to click on the link to join the Facebook group for the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. Thanks so much. See you guys there.